Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, oh, oh. 
Welcome back. Welcome back to another Thursday night. My God is awesome. That is the amazing song by Pastor Charles Jenkins. Yes, my God is awesome. He can move mountains. My God is awesome. Yes, awesome. That is an amazing song, and it speaks volumes for how truly awesome our God is. We are so elated for you to be back here another Thursday night. Tonight is Thursday, September the 22nd, 2022. We are here in the Alpha Valley Studio tonight with doctors preparing themselves to teach us an awesome and pretentious and amazing lesson. So we are just so elated for you to be here tonight as we get ready to learn, learn, learn. Welcome back to Learner's Launch Thursday. And tonight it is time for inspiration on Thursday. What I'd like to talk to you guys about is what is agape love? That is a question a lot of people never understand. So to answer it simply, Agape love, the word agape itself is a Greek word which is often translated into love. Now, in the New Testament, how can agape love differ from other types of love? Now, the essence of agape love is goodwill, benevolence, and willful delight in the object of love. Now, unlike our English word love, agape is not used in the New Testament reference to romantic or sexual love, nor does it refer to close friendship or brotherly love, for which the Greek word Philia is used. Agape love involves faithfulness, commitment, and an act of the will. It is distinguished from the other types of love by its lofty moral nature and strong character. Agape love is beautifully described in 1 Corinthians 13. Outside of the New Testament, the word agape love is used in a variety of contexts, but in the vast majority of instances in the New Testament, it carries distinct meaning. Now, agape is almost always used to describe the love that is of and from God, whose very nature is love itself. God is love. First John 4 and 8 talks about God is love. Now, God does not merely love. He is love itself. Everything God does flows from his love. Agape is also used to describe 
our love for God. Luke chapter 10, verse 27, a servant's faithful respect to his master, Matthew 6 and 24, and a man's attachment to things, John 3 and 19. Agape love is always shown by what it does. God's love is displayed most clearly at the cross. Stop right there. Hold up. We all know this. We do know this, that God gave the most selfless act of love when he went and died on the cross. That was the most amazing amount of love that was displayed. No one could ever do anything greater than the sacrificial love of dying on the cross. We all know it. We heard the stories when Jesus came down here to take care of our mistakes, our hard-headedness, our laziness. He came down here to save a dying world like us that was hard-headed and stupidity. And he died, the most innocent and purest being. He died on the cross for us. He literally did the most selfless act anybody could ever do. Nobody will ever do another selfless act that will be greater than him dying on the cross. Now, God being rich in mercy, like I always say, God, his mercy is sufficient. If he never does anything else for us ever in life again, waking us up today, he already done enough. And not just to wake up, but him dying on the cross was enough. He nailed all excuses, plagues, and all tragedies to the cross. Hear me when I tell you that God's mercy and grace is sufficient because of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our sin, in our transgressions, in our trespasses, he made us alive again when he nailed everything to the cross. By grace, we have been saved. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5 in the English Standard Version Bible. Now, we do not deserve such a sacrifice, but God. You wonder, how is this possible? But God. That is how it's possible, ladies and gentlemen. It's always going to be a but God. Now, he does demonstrate his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, we were born in sin and iniquity. Thanks to Adam and Eve, this is how we are born. Christ died for us, Romans 5 and 8. God's agape love is unmerited. It's gracious and constantly seeking the benefit of the ones he loves. The Bible says we are the understanding recipients of his lavish agape love. First John 3 and 1. God's demonstration of agape love, it leads to the sacrifice of the Son of God for those he loves. And to sum it up, I've got two more. I've got a couple more scriptures for you. The first one, we are to love others with agape love, whether they are fellow believers or bitter enemies. That comes from John 13 and 34. And then also the bitter enemies is Matthew 5 and 44. Jesus gave the parable of the Good Samaritan as an example of sacrifice for the sake of others. Even for those who may care nothing at all for us, agape love as modeled by Christ is not based on a feeling, not based on some kind of feeling in your bones, in your emotions, but brother, it is a determined act of will, a joyful resolve to put the welfare of others above our own. Hold on right there, because what this is saying is that we are to put others above ourselves. Don't put us, because like I always tell people, it's never about Tasha. It's always about Jesus. Everything I try to do when I try to do what God has called for me to do, telling somebody about Christ, playing gospel music, saying my prayers, you know, reading my Bible in different uh, avenues and, and retributes, it's never going to be about me. It should never be about you. It should always be about Christ, always about him from start to finish, because if had it not been for him, where would we be today had it not been for Jesus? 
getting the most selfless act ever known to humanity, where will we be at today? And finally, agape love does not come naturally to us. Of course not, because when we're young, we love people, but then we don't like them, we hate them, we dislike them, just so much stuff. But because of our fallen nature, we, will, we are always incapable of producing such a love. Now, if we were to love as God loves, that love, that love is called agape. It can only come from the true source. This is the love that has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And we all know what the Holy Spirit is. God left us a comforter, a keeping power. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. So he left us with a blanket of protection, which is the Holy Spirit, is what he left us with until he returns back for his ready church. Now, who has been given to us when we become his children, Romans 5 and 5, and Galatians 5 and 22? This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. The most selfless act again. You can't get any more selfless than, than Jesus crucified on the cross. And finally, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters too. First John 3 and 16, not St. John, but First John, because St. John 3 and 16 says, For God so loved the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not, I repeat, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's St. John. This is 1 John 3 and 16. Because of God's love towards us, we are now officially able to love one another. But to do that, you need faith, the grain of a mustard seed. You also need to be sorrowful. You need to wholeheartedly repent. You need to follow God's light and his love. And you need to do what God has called of you to do. Walk in his shoes. Do as he asks you to do. And the final thing you need is agape love. That is a love that will never be hindered scorn, or deny. I thank you guys for inspiration. Faith, faith, and I'll be back next week for more inspiration. Now it is time for the real lesson of tonight because remember, I'm not the teacher nor the preacher. I just like to find topics that are very good, that I like a lot, that I like to read and learn about, and I hope I'm inspiring you as well. So now it is time. The doctor is in. The Honorable Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore, he will be preaching and teaching and breaking down the religious walls. So any of your desired questions might be answered tonight. Get out your pens and your paper and write down all the scriptures for tonight so you can go back and study, study, study. Let's get ready to learn. Welcome to the lounge. God bless everybody. God bless you tonight in Radio Land. <clears throat> it's the Amen Bishop Moore tonight coming to you from my Amen Apple Valley studio tonight. And you have just heard our announcer, Sister Gitasha, Amen, bringing us on and relating to us her topic that she come on each week, praise the Lord. And it was speaking tonight on agape love, agape love. And amen, that love, amen, is not from him. That love, amen, has to come from God himself, that divine love. So we pray your heart been blessed tonight, praise the Lord. And let us continue to pray one for another. And we are going to, amen, continue in what the Lord has given me right now, praise the Lord. 
We're working on this series of holiness. Our first amen began is, what is holiness? You can go back, amen, for the next two, your next week or two, and you'll find out where we began, amen. What is holiness? And it tells us, amen, I have explained to you, amen, what is holiness. And our next series, amen, we are talking about the necessity of holiness. And praise the Lord, we are on that tonight, amen, and we will continue on, praise the Lord, in the topic, amen, letting us know, amen, what is holiness, what is the necessity of holiness, and holiness of God, holiness of God. You pray with me tonight, amen, and we are going to praise the Lord, um, uh, read a few of these scriptures, amen, uh, to bring you up to Paul's. Matthew twenty three twenty five, and this is amen. What is holiness? That's amen. That's the beginning of it. And you find amen when Jesus saying, "Woe unto you, scribes and you Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you may clean the outside uh, of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess." That amen brings us amen to what is holiness tonight. Amen. A false pretending, amen, that you're right. You're practicing, amen, uh, that you are right when you know that you are wrong. Holiness, amen, identify to us, amen, the righteousness and the pureness of Jesus Christ. And then he clarifies, amen, and go on and let us know and say, we must be as Jesus is. Amen. That's what is holiness? And amen, the necessity of holiness, we find that in Romans 6, 6, and 17, where we will be continuing to work on tonight, is knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we shall not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being risen from the dead, he dies no more, and death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he lived, he lived unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And let not sin therefore range in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. My beloved, tonight we are going to continue the necessity of sin, uh, the necessity of being holy. As I made the statement early, holiness is of the Lord himself. 
God has given all of us a chance, every born-again believer, and every believer, he's given us a chance, amen, is to live a holy life. Every day, amen, that you live, you ought to be growing a little bit closer and, and, and coming to be like him every day of your life. It should not be the same old thing, amen, every day. But God has given us a chance, amen, is to understand the life of holiness. Now, before we come, amen, to God as a person is alive to sin. Indeed, sin is the master that reigns in his life. Did you know, amen, before we come to God, we serve in sin? No matter how righteous, amen, you thought you were, before you confess your sins, before the Lord, your father was the devil, and you were serving sin. I was serving sin. But the Bible says, amen, to us, for he that is dead is free from sin. Now, if you have died, you are free from sin. Sin have no more dominion over you. There was a time before Jesus Christ died that everybody died. Satan had dominion over them. Satan owned them. That's why it is so important, amen, to know about the new birth in Jesus Christ. Because, amen, after Satan owned them, they had no rights. But Jesus justified this when he come and died on Calvary. He said, I died once. And I won't die no more. One time, all the Old Testament that was shed in the blood of bulls, cows, and heifers, and other little animals, it only rolled sin up to the time of the cross. They had the priests had to do that every year, but Jesus said he's gonna die one time. And he died one time. He said, I will die no more. God was sufficient for the whole world. Satan had to give up death. Jesus took dominion over death when he died. He went down, amen, and led captivity captive. Those that was Captured by Satan, the Lord went down, amen, and took them from Satan. Now I want to say, amen, the necessity of living holy. God, the first thing that we must do is to believe in God. You say, well, Bishop, I believe in God. If you really believe in God, you will obey God. To believe means I will totally commit myself unto his will. You got to believe in God. 
We must believe that he is able and willing to help us, and we must have faith in his word, which will motivate us to obey him. Now you got to believe that. You got to trust you got to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Your soul and your mind. And you got cannot lean to your own understanding. You know what Hebrew eleven and six says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. You've got to believe. Amen. Now we see, amen, the necessity of holiness. Every one of us, when Jesus tells one of us to be holy, he's telling everybody to be holy. He's not just talking to a certain group of people, but he's talking to all believers. Young men, young women, old men and old women, he's telling us to be like him. Now, after a, a person has died spiritually in repentance and has been buried in the name of Jesus Christ, he is ready to receive a resurrection to new life in Christ. He re, he's receiving the infilling of the Holy Spirit, completes the new birth, expands by the resurrecting him to walk in the newness of life. It's spiritually motivated. When you, amen, when you come to Jesus, and Jesus, follow the steps of Jesus. After you repent, then, amen, you go down in Jesus' name in water for the remission of your sin. And after you do that, you put on this new man. You don't rose. Now you're walking in the newness of the life. That is the Holy Ghost itself. Speaking in other tongues, as the Spirit of God give uttering, you complete the new birth. Many of us, amen, have not completed the new birth. You have accepted Jesus as your Lord, you say, but you have not received his power. The Holy Ghost is a gift. And the Bible tells us, amen, in Acts, the second chapter, for the promise is unto you and unto your children and unto those that are far off, even as many as our Lord God shall call. The promise of the Holy Ghost is to this generation and to all that the Lord will save. You can't just stop. It's a period that I confess Jesus Christ and I'm saved. No, no. You got to go a little further. 
You might got a great blessing, amen, going to Bethany, but you got to go to Jerusalem, and you got to stay there in Dabble. Amen. Stay there until you be in Bible with power from on high. This is what the uh, new birth consists of. For instance, God hates sin. God hates sin. And after receiving the Holy Ghost, the new Christian also hates sin. I can be a witness of that tonight. Amen. I used to didn't hate sin. And I didn't realize I was serving my my, my my master, the devil. But when the Lord Jesus got a hold of me and changed me, I hated sin. I still hate sin. In the early church, members, amen, they, they first called, they were first called Christians at Antioch. Because they remain, they reminded the people of the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. What a tremendous compliment that was! They was imitated the life of Jesus, and they called them Christians. Holiness is a process of growing, where over a period of time. We conquer flush trades and become more like Jesus. We overcome the things of the flush, of the, what the flesh desires for us to do. As Paul said, we, we die daily. When we live a holy life, we do not experience the new birth one week and become mature. You don't experience the new birth a week and think you are grown. You know how to manage the scriptures and how to, amen, uh, be led by the Spirit of God. You don't, you, you're not grown. Yes, God has opened up your knowledge to a certain point, but you're not grown. You're not mature yet. You're still a child. You're still a babe. It is a it is a day by day walk with Jesus Christ. It has been said that the conversation is a miracle of the mama. But the making of a saint is a lifetime job. Oh have I do cannot witness that tonight. The making of a saint is a lifetime job. You know Get mature overnight. You don't know in Christ's ways overnight. It takes time. It takes dedication. It takes consecration. It takes patience. It takes love. It takes joy and it takes peace. It's to understand who Jesus really is. Christians should Learn not to be satisfied at any certain level of spiritual growth. And stop there. Don't stop because, amen, you got a little revelation, a little knowledge from the Lord, and think you know or you're above everybody else. 
I have light, and God revealed his knowledge to me. I'm just beginning to understand him. I'm just beginning to understand the knowledge of the Lord when he revealed himself to me. I don't think that I know because he gave me a revelation. He's just beginning to open up my understanding to his ways. Since it takes a man a lifetime of growing in grace to approach perfection in holiness, to cease to grow is to begin to shiver and die. If you don't stay humble and you don't stay in the word of God, you, you, you ain't going to do them squinch and die. Holiness is the perfection of close relationship. Perfection means that there are no flaws. There is a blemish in something. God is holy. He's perfect. God need not embarrassment. He is the epitome of purified and the perfection. He is the pattern of perfection. When we all strive to obtain to one day, while in this life we will achieve absolutely perfection, for it is even the exclusive goal. But I don't care how hard we try, we ain't going to, amen, achieve perfection on this side. But no matter, amen, you may not achieve it, but it don't stop you from trying. Oh, praise the Lord. The scripture, amen, mandate is that we continue striving for perfection. We constantly press toward the mark of the thing of a higher calling of God in Christ Jesus. Don't stop pressing. No matter, amen, how long you've been in church, how many years you've been in church, don't stop pressing. Don't let nobody fear your head and make you think that you know everything. And you know all the word of God. No. My brothers and sisters, keep your mind open and let the Lord continue is to reveal things to you. Holy living is necessary for Christian life. Holy living. It's not easy, man, to deny the flesh every day of your life. Amen, but holy living is necessary for Christian life. We must live holy to even exist spiritually. We must live holy to even exist spiritually. We will either live our lives 
as dead to sin and let Christ live within us or we will die spiritually. To be holy is twofold. To be holy is to set apart for God. That is, separate from sin and the things of this world. Holiness is also to be consecrated and dedicated. And his purpose his purpose honoring. You've got to be consecrated. You've got to be dedicated. Every day of your life. We are alive. Amen to Christ. We are lively stones. We're not dead stones. We are lively stones. Paul, he managed us, amen, not to allow sin to reign in our multi bodies. Now, if you happen to go and break the law of God, and you happen, amen, is the sin. Paul says, we are not to allow sin to range in our mother body. We are not to yield our bodies of members as members of ungodly lives. We can overcome these temptations by being alive in Christ. That is being sensitive to and led by his spirit. Don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness. The Lord has saved you and the Lord has delivered you. Why would you take your member now and let your member come to be a part of unrighteousness? If you have sinned, come immediately when you recognize it. Repent of that sin so you can be restored back, amen, into the order of holiness. A Christian must always be filled with the Spirit of God. A Christian must always be filled. In order to be filled, amen, that means you have to say, consecrated, dedicated, prayerful, amen, set aside and listening for the voice of the Lord and being led by his spirit. Human beings, amen, are no match within their own power for the enemy of them, of their soul. Only the spirit of God has the power to help a person overcome sin. Only the Spirit of God is able to help us or have the power to keep us from doing wrong. The necessity, amen, of holiness, the liberation and freedom that God has given us to grow in his grace and holiness does not give us a license to sin or to abuse the grace of God. In Romans 6, chapter 8, man, it said, what shall we say then? 
Shall we continue in sin that grace may abide? God forbids his children that he has freed from sin is to continue is to do wrong. God didn't give us a license, amen, to continue to do wrong because he has delivered us. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Romans 6 and 15. God forbids us to live in sin because, amen, we are not under the law, but we are under grace, under God's mercy. If we yield ourselves to sin, we will become servants of sin again. And if you come to be servant of sin again and don't repent, you're on your way to hell. I don't care how much knowledge that you have accumulated from the Lord and how good God has been to you. If you don't come out of your sin, you're going to die in your sin. God wants us to remain victorious, overcome believers. He wants us to, amen, to remain victorious. Overcome believers. And the only way we can be uh, 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 overcome a victorious believer, that is, amen, we have to be dedicated in Jesus Christ. We have to crucify this old flesh daily. When we live holy, Christ is sitting upon the throne of our lives. Oh, Christ is amen. He's on the throne of our life when we live holy. We obey his commandments and are his servants. We, are, we use our talents and our resource for his glory of God. Amen. When we are in Christ, we use our talents, our ability, ever when he gives us amen, for his glory. If you got a talent tonight, God, amen, didn't give you no, that talent to go out there, amen, and use it for the devil. He gave it, amen, to you to glorify his name. But we don't see it that way. Especially in this modern time that we're living in. Satan is cheating God's people. Calling them to go right back in the sin. God brought them out. Now, amen, they don't like God enough, amen, to stay in him. They go back and do the things they used to do. I would say if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. It is no longer, amen, out of a flush, an aggregate, amen, that seeketh Preeminent. Rather, we want to redial Christ or to everyone who we meet. Our members become the hands, feet, eyes, and mouth to be used to God's glory. Every part of us, amen, whether it's our hand, mouth, ears, we use them for the glory of God. You don't use them, amen, for the satanic power of Satan. 
whether you play organ, amen, piano, guitar, amen, or ever what instrument, amen, you don't use that. You don't use your instruments no more for that. You use that, amen, to glorify God. Holiness is necessary to see the Lord. Now, I briefly spoke on that last week, and I want to let you know, amen, holiness is necessary to see the Lord. If you want to just see him, you've got to be like him. Holiness, amen, is sometimes associated with the legality by some people. In fact, the Pentecostal are sometimes accused of being. But holiness is a state or condition of living a godly life. A godly life, a life that is pleasing the Lord. That's what holiness is. You got to please the Lord. You ain't not to please yourself. You got to please the Lord. They do not uh, in any and of themselves create holiness, but they are needed to help us control our flush and unruly spirit. Maintain order within our Christian walk and create unity within the body of Christ. It's striving for our maturity goal of pleasing God. We do not occur to standards or rules in an effort to gain salvation. For salvation is a gift from God. But they do provide us with biblical guidelines on how we as Christians are to conduct ourselves in this world. Amen. Pleasing God. Are you pleasing the Lord tonight? Are you pleasing the Lord? You say you you know him. Are you pleasing him? One of the familiar scriptures come to my mind right now. Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I think of that, amen. Many people will quote that scripture, amen, and they know they are not keeping his commandments. But Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Holding amen is a part of a loving relationship that we have with God. In everything we say or do, we are seeking to please him. Oh, praise the Lord. I wish that was true. No standard or act or discipline will gain or merit the favor of God. You can't buy God. Oh, no, I don't care, man. You can't buy God. I don't care. Your good deeds, amen, is not good enough. Your faithfulness, amen, to going to church, amen, is not good enough. Your teaching, amen, your preaching ain't good enough. You've got to be born again. My God. A husband or wife or children tries to or he or to behave that reflect their love for each other. They do not want to hurt those 
who are the objects of their affliction. Rather, they do everything possible to try to delight and please their companion. Yes, those that you love, amen, you, you're going to do what you, amen, try to do what you can is not to hurt those that you really love. And if we really love Jesus, we're going to do what we, amen, can not to hurt Jesus. God desired to dwell in a clean temple. And his temple today is the life of his people. Out of being body, soul, and spirit is where God dwells. He is holy and he is righteous. He demands that his people be holy if he resides within them. God demands that we should be holy if he's going to reside within us. You can't let sin, amen, be living within you and expect the Spirit of the Lord to live there too. Amen. Don't let sin range in your mother's body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. When lust come, amen, if you don't catch it, God is gone. Just like oil and water, amen, will not mix. They are foreign to each other and will never come together, for they are incompatible. In a similar fashion, God and sin will never mix together. They are simply uh, not compatible. Amen. God and sin is not compatible. You, 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 you can't put them on the same level. So don't fool yourself, amen. If you done wrong and not done right, if you sin it, the soul that sinned, the law says they should surely die. I'm talking about being, amen, the necessity of being holy. I'm so glad the Lord left us an example, amen, that we should follow. Listen, the Bible says, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separated, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you. Second Corinthians 6 and 17. God said, Come out from among them. Come out from among them that don't want to do right. Whether it's mama, daughter, father, Son, husband, preacher, amen. It doesn't make any difference, amen. God said, come out from among them. It, it, it is our amen desire of every child of God to make heaven his eternal home. We want to see Jesus in peace and hear him say, well done. Holiness could also cover the subject of spiritual vision, carnality of worldly peoples, mind, the things of the flesh, the desire and appetite are centered around things 
that appeals to the flesh based on things, the goal in life, their time and energy are devoted to what feel good to the common man. And look like to me, amen, that's where we are at in this time. Amen. It's a it's a feel good thing. If it feels good to you, it's all right. Do it. That's carnality, children. Not spirituality, but carnality. That's the flesh talking. That's not the spirit talking. Holy life, holy living is the desire opposite godly people. Having set their affection on things above, they are interested in pleasing God. They have a clean vision of the lost humanity and a harvest field awaits. Amen for the reaping. The Lord is telling us as we living in today, this moment right now, amen, set your affection on things above and not on things of this earth. They have the mind of Christ and understanding of the heartbeat of God as he looked for the lost sheep. Amen. You ought to have the mind of Jesus. Jesus said, leave the 99 to find that one. If you have the heartbeat of Jesus, carnal people cannot see the Lord because their eyes are glazing over from sin and lukewarmness. Spiritual people have a clear vision. You are, amen, spiritual people ought to see where they are going. Is, is holding necessary today? Yes, it is. Heaven itself is going to be holy. The angels is holy. Everything that's there is going to be holy. My God, my God. What a time that's going to be, amen, when we be changed from this mortal and put on immortality. And ever what he be like, we shall be like him. Amen. We all are going to be holy. And cry out, ye worthy to be praised. Oh, praise the Lord. The Lord won't, amen, appear in holy church. And only those individuals who are ready when he snatched away his bride will be included in that pure and perfect body. <laughs> we call that the rapture. And we also talk about it, amen. Yes, one day, amen, the Lord is going to snatch his church. Sometimes we don't want to use the word rapture, but it tells us, amen, about snatching. There coming a time the Lord going to snatch his church out of this old world. That's going to be a holy church. And you know what? We don't know when. We lay down tonight, expecting, amen, to rise and see another day, amen, for Jesus to come and snatch us out of here tonight. And we're going to be with the Lord, amen. And amen, we, he don't want to spot, or he don't want to blemish, or sin will spell trouble. 
on that great day, holding involved, amen, a told person. It is more than just the outward appearance of an individual. Although, too, will be afflicted as a part of holy life, holiness is the first and experience with God that liberates a person from sin. It transforms his sinful nature and allows God to move into his life. Oh, what a change. How good that feels to know that you've been changed by the almighty God. We don't serve sin. I said, we as believers do not serve sin. Sin is of the devil. Jesus spoke a great deal about, amen, the attitudes and the motives of peoples. We must have a pure heart, an honest motive. And if we want to please him, there must be an absolute amalgamacy, envy, haters, conversation. On the other hand, we must feel with love, compassion, and honesty. You know, amen, when you can wake up in the, the night or in the morning and you can feel that love, you can feel that compassion, and you can feel that honesty in you, that you know, amen, you used to not be like that. You know it's Jesus is taking care of you. You know it's Jesus is living within you. That's what the Lord is looking for, the necessity of wholeness. My beloved, my time is out for this Thursday night. I shall pick it up briefly on next Thursday. Amen. And we're going to go into holiness of God, God, real holiness. People of God, you got to be holy. And holy without no man shall see the Lord. God bless you in Radio Land. We love you tonight. Pray for Dr. Moore. Pray, Lord, that we can continue to get the word of God out. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 